1: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at two hundred k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically, for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com.
1: NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
2: Hello, friends, and welcome to yet another edition of the NFL Power Ranking Show. We are presented by Energizer. We are here every Tuesday on the NFL channel and always in podcast form. You can take us anywhere. Eric at home is on one side of the screen. My name is Andrew Siciliano. We are live from Chicago and our studios in Los Angeles. And I have a confession to make here. Eric, so I looked at week three, and we could just pull back the curtain. When we did the show last week, And we're looking at all these great week three games. I didn't think the schedule was any good. Really, I didn't. I mean, there's the Falcons and the Lions. That game really wasn't even that good. But the rest of the schedule, you're like, eh. And then what do you know? We had another one of those crazy, you you have to see it to believe a kind of weeks. And even Taylor Swift showed up and dropped F-bombs from a suite at Arrowhead.
3: You never know what's going to happen, Andrew. That's why we watched the games. Obviously, there were were some great fourth quarter comebacks. There were some blowouts too, but plenty of compelling action. And uh, a hard week for me, I'll be honest. A lot of these teams are are, uh, hard to separate uh, right in the middle anyway, but... We'll try our best. All right. We're counting down our top
2: 32 Taylor Swift songs. Where do new (laughs) romantics fall on the list as Travis Kelsey and Taylor are now America's number one couple. The new rankings, which you can find on NFL.com or if you scan that funny-looking QR thing on your screen, have the Dolphins up four to number one. And then the Niners, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Buffalo Bills there at number five. Six through eight, America's team plummeting. Only two? I don't mean, we'll get to that later. The Cowboys are six, the Lions are seven, and the Ravens here are number eight. The team that we trust, Team of the Week, presented by Truist Bank here, the Team of the Week, Eric at home, the Miami Dolphins. All they did Mm. was set 13 records, score 70 points, Pull down the Broncos' pants and laugh at them. You think they're the best team in football.
3: Well, certainly scoring 70 points, something we haven't seen since the 1960s, is a pretty good thing. I mean, obviously, we had seen a lot of evidence of how dangerous this team could be on the road, you know, averaging 30 points and 460-some-odd yards per game. They come home. They absolutely demolish the Broncos. You know, Devin A-Chain played – you know, had two touches against New England He had 233 yards and four touchdowns total against uh, Denver. So just another addition of speed to this uh, this team. Like, it really needs it, right? And then defensively, we saw some improvement. Three turnovers. They're getting better. Vic Fangio will have this group whipped into shape and – I don't even know if they need them. The offense is just that special right now, Andrew. All right,
2: they go to Buffalo this week. We'll, we'll get to the Bills oh. a little bit later. They had a great performance in Washington, sacking and Sam Howell nine times. You mentioned the defense. I understand why you put the Dolphins number one. For Pete's sake, they scored seventy points. But do you <laughs> think they are a complete team? Like, are you buying the defense or is this just a? I mean, come on, it's it's Week Four. They scored seventy. They got to be number one.
3: I think it's a little of both, right? Obviously, anytime you see this kind of offensive output, you just say to yourself, do they need defense? Well, of course they do. There's going to be some team that kind of cracks that code, slows Tua and company down a little bit, and that's going to put the onus on the defense, but... You know, you see, obviously, Christian Wilkins is a the centerpiece there. They might get Jalen Ramsey later in the season. Andrew Van Ginkle's really running around and making plays with his hair on fire, and he's got a lot of beautiful hair. We don't want to see it burn, but I'm telling you, I think this defense is a lot deeper and more talented than we've seen in recent years. Xavier Howard could still close people down, so... I think the pieces are there, and you know Vic Fangio can, can let you march down the field. He'll just clamp down once you get close to the end zone, and that's, I think, a formula for winning for Miami. Yeah, we could agree on one thing. They are
2: the most fun team to watch. They are a must-see yeah. viewing experience, a must-buy ticket. If they're coming to town, hey, kids, come on down to the stadium. I want you to be able to tell your kids that one day you saw the team – that scored 70 points. Come down and see the number one team in Eric at Holmes' new power rankings, the Miami Dolphins. The Niners were number one. They fall to number two. The Chiefs were number two, Eric, despite now Taylor Swift being their biggest fan, despite all the magic that she brought, not only to Arrowhead, but to Sunday night coming up this week at MetLife Stadium. You somehow dropped the Chiefs. I, I get it. Someone's got to go down um, to number three. <laughs>
3: Apologies to the Eagles, Chiefs, and other teams at the top. The Dolphins were just that good. However, Kansas City obviously made right against the Bears, right? I mean, they took their frustrations out from the early season on them. It was a great day to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Defensively, guys like Trent McDovey and Chris Jones came up big. Offense started a little slowly, but no worries. Obviously, they poured it on. And like any good wingman, Andrew, we see Patrick Mahomes hooking his boy up, getting Kelsey the touchdown in the third quarter. That was tremendous. Made for great TV. The, the kids loved it. They stuck with it, even though it was a blowout. And look, I get it. They 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 whipped on a team that had a miserable week last week. And then again, you look at the next two games on their schedule, and those teams have castles that are crumbling too. See what I did there, Andrew? I see I can, what you did I can there. About a
2: Swift song every now and then. I see what you did there. Did you see? And I didn't notice it at the time. We we just showed it when Kelsey came out of the tunnel. He did the Archer. Did you see that? Oh yeah. Yep. See, I didn't I mean, realize that at the time. I mean, that is Brandon Cooks thing. He is the Archer and and right. when Taylor Swift came to LA years ago, like they did a whole Brandon Cooks like Archer Instagram thing the Rams did,
3: like the marketing possibilities for this are just oh. endless. Amazing. I had it explained to me. That's why I know about it, oh. just so everyone knows. I am uncool, but you know, I did have someone <laughs> tell me what that meant, so. We should also point out that
2: the whole Taylor Swift thing Really, you know, it just makes us avoid the fact that the Chiefs' two offensive tackle positions are still a mess, but they found a way to win without them, and they are number three, down one. The Eagles are down one somehow to number four. Let's do future champions presented by FanDuel. Eagles won on Monday night. They're one of only three remaining undefeated teams in the National Football League. They are still the favorite in the NFC East. And, you know, look, I I said this to our friend Steve White on Game Day Final on NFL Network after the Eagles beat the Buccaneers in a score we've never seen that before 25 to 11 Eric is that I feel like everyone's nitpicking them who cares they won yes hurts turned it over twice we don't expect to see that but they limited the Bucks to three second-half drives. Like Nick Sirianni almost had to defend the fact that in the second half, all they did was run the ball. If you can't stop it, then keep running it.
3: Yeah, I think we would have had a different reaction had some of those field goals been touchdowns, right? They did bog down a little bit. Credit to the Bucs, played pretty good red zone defense. But, yeah, I do feel like there is a little bit of piling on at this point and, and nitpicking and – you know, look, we, we complained about the, you know, Hurts and AJ, and A.J. Brown not being on the same uh, page last week. They figured that out, right? I understand the red zone offense is kind of the, you know, concern du jour, but let's let's understand that it really hasn't been the problem. It was six for eight before that game. So, you know, they're, they're doing good things. It's starting to come together. It's hard to complain. And guess what? That defensive line that everybody raved about in August last year, they put in a 2022 type performance, I thought, up front. I mean, Jalen Carter's the real deal, and, and he's playing 25 snaps a game. They have the horses to just throw waves at you. That's what makes them good, and that's what puts them so high on this list. The
2: two best defensive tackles in the NFL when it comes to pressures, overall pressures through three weeks, Aaron Donald and Jalen Carter. The second of whom is a rookie who did force a fumble, knocking the ball out of Rashad White's hands on Monday night. One of the two Buccaneers turnovers. They had not turned the ball over in their first two games. It's interesting for me this week. The Eagles get the commanders. It is a short week. Washington was embarrassed Sunday by Buffalo. However, it was Ron Rivera, who I believe ran the ball 85 times last year to hand the (laughs) Eagles in primetime their first loss of the year. After opening the season 8-0. and All right, let's get to the Cowboys. America's team. Yep. I, I gave you grief last week, Eric, because you didn't have them number one. I tweeted, it was all in jest that you hate America and you hate America's <laughs> team because you didn't have the Cowboys number one. Now, they are six. They are down only two. Explain yep. to me how they drop only two when they go on the road as a double-digit favorite to the team last yeah. week, you had as the worst team in organized football and lose by double digits.
3: Are we going to do this every week? Are you just going to yes. take the Cowboys and scrutinize every position I take on them? Right? And I don't no, even I'd like spare. the Cowboys. But you do realize, because you do watch the screaming head shows,
2: right? That that Right. Like, you know the old like local news thing? If it bleeds, it leads. Like, if it's the Cowboys, right? it leads all 12 months of the year
3: especially after that game I mean it was everything pointed towards them winning that game and winning it handily obviously but a lot of people I don't think watched how good the Cardinals could be and they threw a read option at the at the Cowboys that they didn't know what to do with Josh Dobbs was giving them all kinds of problems not just running it throwing it too if this defense wants to you know be known as one of the best units in recent years which is what the talk was after two weeks it can't let things like this happen I understand Trayvon Diggs got hurt and is out for the season he was not the reason they lost, right? I think only Stefan Gilmore and a couple of guys really sort of showed up for that game. The secondary was a mess. The assignment football up front was a mess. And look, I mean, you could say the offense struggled because they missed three offensive linemen, but you know, twelve flags thrown against them in the first half, Andrew. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You know, I just I think their discipline coming into that game spoke of a team that thought they were gonna win. And didn't. And this should serve as a pretty good reminder. they got work to do.
2: Yeah, funny, funny how offenses stall when you miss three offensive linemen. Now, that said, yep. Rondale Moore is still running, okay? And Josh Dobbs is still throwing to wide-open rookies 30 yards down right. the field. So those issues weren't affected, you would have to say, by the three missing offensive linemen. I, I think the Screaming Head shows, and of course this show, which is the only show you should watch – Um, I think we have something to talk about next week when Bill Belichick's defense goes in there and makes this game Sunday at 425 Eastern time far closer than anyone thought it would be. So the Cowboys are six, the Lions are seven. They moved up one big win over the Falcons, what we thought was the game of the week, but turned out to be kind of a snoozer. Jared Goff, work on the celebration. And then you have the Baltimore Ravens, who are down one. They lost in overtime to the Indianapolis Colts. We both agree it should have been pass interference, and the Ravens should have kept the ball in overtime. That aside, I think it's amazing that they're even in these games considering half of their starters are out. I mean, their left tackle, their center, their number one corner, their number one safety, their top two running backs, and their number
3: one wide receiver, Eric. And yet they were still expected to win this game and still had ample chances to do so. But, you know, Lamar loses a fumble in the first half. Kenyon Drake loses a bad one, doesn't see the guy coming behind him. You know, so many plays you'd want back. Gardner Minshew fumbles and the ball rolls around for about seven seconds. They can't get their hands on it. You know, there were just so many plays like that. And the fair catch on the free kick after the safety right at the end of regulation. You know, John Harbaugh is known for extremely well-coached teams, prepared teams. They looked a little caught off guard there. The special teams went in the favor of the Colts. So this is a tough one for me. I didn't know whether I should really penalize them and drop them much farther or think this was sort of a one-week blip. I suspect with the injuries, it tends towards the latter, because last week the offense did look like it was making some strides here. I don't know. You tell me. Where does this team belong? The the thing with the uh, the fair catch
2: there, it was a fascinating explanation. I don't know if, if, if it's an excuse. It's an explanation for Harbaugh. He said that before the play, they thought they were under two minutes, Correct. and then the scoreboard yep. clock operator changed it to... More than two minutes remaining, um, which makes sense that you might be confused, but at the same time, wouldn't you know whether or not they had called the two-minute warning? Like, it's a TV timeout. Like, you know whether or not we had the two-minute warning. I know this, and you asked me where I think they should be. I I think they're a little bit lower here, but I always think he's the best head coach in the NFL at any given moment because he fights through these injuries. I know this, the game coming up in Cleveland on Sunday between – The Ravens and the Browns is must-see TV. And look what we did there. Where are the Browns in the new power rankings? Coming up next on the NFL Power Ranking Show presented by Energizer, the best defense in football gets that
0: team where? We'll tell you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
2: But wait, there's more. We showed you the top eight, nine through 16 now. In the NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer. The Cleveland Browns up four after holding the Titans to under 100 yards of offense. Green Bay is up eight to 10, followed by Cincinnati, Seattle, Jacksonville, which is down four to 13. The Saints are down four to 14. And then you have the Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. My name is Andrew Siciliano. Eric Edholm is with us. Let's get to the Cleveland Browns, the three best defensive performances by any team in any game this year are the Browns in weeks 1, 2 and 3, Eric. That's absurd. Mm.
3: Legit. Absolutely legit. You know, there was some question maybe after week one. Okay. How good is this team? How much have they really improved on that side of the ball? I think we've seen enough evidence to this point to say they targeted certain positions this offseason and made sure we are not going to have a problem at defensive tackle this year. We're not going to have a problem at linebacker in the addition of, uh, of Jim Schwartz, obviously bringing back the wide nine rusher. One of my all-time favorites. Miles Garrett was unbelievable Sunday, but it was a full team effort. And Oh, by the way, I mean, Deshaun Watson probably played his best game as a Brown. Still not perfect. Still got work to do there, too. But hard not to like uh, how they responded after the the tough losses to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, they're they're trending up, no doubt about it. He absolutely played his best game as a Brown. Absolutely. And
2: guess what? Miles Garrett on one of his sacks in the fourth quarter on Ryan Tannehill was clearly held by Andre Dillard, who he terrorized the entire game. In the end zone, should have been a safety. Um, Tannehill got out of the end zone. He sacked him on the two. Garrett had three and a half sacks. And again, it's the Browns and the Ravens coming up this Sunday in Cleveland. The Browns are 9. The Packers are 10. After rallying from down double digits in the fourth quarter, they are making power moves here, presented to you by Energizer. They are up 8, Eric. That is huge. They are a top 10 team now in your eyes.
3: Yeah, for a team that was trailing for three quarters, right? I understand the optics here. It's a little bit surprising they move up this much. Maybe I underrated them a little bit last week or or penalized them too much for losing in Atlanta. The game where Jordan Love had the opportunity to sort of make a start of a legend for himself. It didn't happen there, but it happened Sunday. I thought he was tremendous, right? Even with some missed throws, some drop throws, you know, the offensive penalties, right? He used his legs. He, he threw the ball vertically, threw it with touch, Really trusted guys like uh, Dobbs in the end zone there and and Reed after a couple of misconnections. Just high-level stuff, right? This is what he's been learning since, uh, you know, subbing behind Aaron Rodgers, only getting the one start. He's put in the time, and it's starting to pay off now. But Rashawn Gary, too, uh, coming off the ACL, really hadn't used him much the first couple weeks. He got in there, got his three sacks. was really emotional after the game. This, This team has something special going on, even if they were helped by, you know, the Saints quarterback getting hurt. Uh, and a little bit of you know a little bit of luck there. Uh, yeah, the luck, the missed field goal there
2: at the end, yeah. where Jameis Winston off the bench for the injured Derek Carr. And uh, by the way, I, I think the Saints win this game if Carr doesn't get hurt. Okay, probably. Jameis Winston put them in position at the end to steal that victory and get out of Green Bay at three zero. It didn't happen. Now the Saints get the Bucks. Maybe we have Jameis against his old team this week Mm -hmm. and the Packers are at home on TNF against the Lions the team that for all intents and purposes knocked them out of the postseason and Aaron Rodgers career ended in Green Bay week 18 last year so that one should be fun The Jaguars, meantime, are, look at the screen, number 13. They are down four after losing at home to C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Now the Jaguars go to London. You still have them, though, um, beneath the make the playoff bar here, Eric.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is the Jaguars team that's obviously in a division with a lot of questions right now. Maybe the Colts and Texans are better. We certainly don't know exactly how it's going to all go out, but this is the team you figure should win it, not lose it home to a team like the Texans in rebuild mode. So special teams breakdowns, third down offense, a secondary that was under siege. I mean, they have issues in all three phases right now, arguably, even if it's only one game. Uh, The third down stuff has been lingering all season long. I'm sorry, but with Trevor Lawrence... Etienne, Ridley, Evan Engram, Kirk, all these guys, they should be not be having these issues. I just think that's going to be the, the focus of practice this week is, hey, if we're going to go over to London and try to put on a show, let's do so with, with these scoring opportunities right in front of us and let's capitalize, not sub-30%. That's not playoff quality right there.
2: A Jaguars actually doing two games, back-to-back weeks in London, a London yep. residency, if you will. They get the Bills in week five. Before coming back home, Trevor Lawrence, if you listen to the PFF guys, has had more quote unquote big time throws dropped than any other mm. quarterback. He actually is playing well, but they got to score more points here. It hasn't happened. And Doug Peterson says, yes, maybe they are feeling the pressure of offseason expectations. They are number 13. Let's look at the Chargers here. They are number 15, they are up one. After surviving a nail-biter in Minnesota, I'm telling you, and Eric, you and I talked about this off the air, Um, after Brandon Staley went for it inside his own 25 and didn't get it, the Chargers only survived because Kirk Cousins didn't think a spike in the football and because TJ Hawkinson could not hang on to this when Cousins hit him in the chest.
3: It felt like they had four passes clang off receiver's hands in the last two minutes. It was absolutely insane. Now, the the risk itself, some people are going to love it. They're going to say, this is modern football. This is analytics. They say you should go for it. Other people are going to say, what are you thinking, even if you are up four and they don't have any timeouts? Either way, I guess you'd say the defense bailed them out. Look, the, the bottom line is that they have a special combo with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and everyone's begging them not to screw this up. We want to see this team have their moment in the sun. They've got the talent, but obviously they put themselves in these sort of unbinding situations where, you know, uh, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to win games most of the time. And, and in this case, let's face it, they got a little lucky because of what you said, Minnesota's breakdown. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to even celebrate this win. You've got the questioning of the, of the play call, You've also got Mike Williams going down with an ACL injury. So even in a good news week, bad news.
2: Yeah, he is out for the year. And the Chargers now come home to get the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo's status up in the air for that game. Listen, um, if if TJ Hawkinson holds onto that ball, we're sitting here. We're sitting here wondering, when is Kellen Moore named head coach? I'm being serious. And I like Brandon Staley. I truly, truly do. But the Vikings were in position to win that game because he went for it on the 24-yard line. And they didn't get it. They got lucky and they survived. All right, coming up, I mentioned I think the Patriots give the Cowboys a game coming up this Sunday in Dallas. Where are the Patriots after surviving a Hail Mary at MetLife? That's coming up on the NFL Power Rankings Show presented by Energizer.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
2: You're watching the NFL Power Ranking Show, presented by Energizer. Let's get some more numbers on the screen. Falcons, Patriots, Jets, Buccaneers, 17 through 20, with the Patriots moving up 7. After that, Tennessee, Washington, Houston, and the Rams of Los Angeles. How about those New England Patriots? The
3: second biggest mover here, Eric, they're up 7. This deserves a little bit of an asterisk. I had my druthers. I'd leave like five or six places blank and then put them below that. But editors tell me I can't do that. They move up because a lot of teams move down. But give them credit. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott coming into this this big game next weekend is, is sort of been a big piece of what they're doing offensively. I just don't think they trust their deep passing game right now. Unfortunately, that leaves them with such a small margin of error, Andrew. The special teams have to be great. The defense has to do its job like it did on Sunday. So their, their formula for winning is basically that every single timeout, which makes me very nervous about them. But they win the game. They've been competitive in all three. Could be 3-0 and technically. That's why they sit at 18 kind of reluctantly, I would say. Yeah, Randall Cobb almost
2: caught that Hail Mary, although I think there was a yeah. hand on his back. I think he would have been down on the one-yard line. The Texans yeah. are tied for the biggest move. Houston goes into Jacksonville, beats the Jaguars. They
3: are up 8-23, to Eric. Three phase victory, unbelievable. CJ Stroud looked like he was in command, like we saw from him most of the time at Ohio State. That was the biggest development. Tank Dell, the rookie receiver, those two have found a terrific connection together. And look, give credit to the defense, too. And Blake Cashman coming up with some big plays, the special teams, blocked field goal, and a a fullback returning a kickoff for a touchdown. They were prepared. They came in and and they they took them to the woodshed. Give them a hat tip. This is a great job so far by D'Amico Ryans, even if this is their first win.
2: Yeah, the C.J. Stroud pre-draft slander in retrospect now looks kind of silly. And hats off to Andrew Beck. The best yep. up-back return for a touchdown ever <laughs> in NFL kickoff history, all 104 years. All right, let's get some more numbers on the screen here. 25 on down, the Arizona Cardinals, the Minnesota Vikings, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Giants are 25 through 29. The Panthers, the Broncos, and yes, the Bears are 30 cool. through 32. The Cardinals up seven after punching the Dallas Cowboys, Eric, in the mouth.
3: Yeah unbelievable stuff jonathan gannon has had his team prepared every single week let's give him credit for that and drew petzig is probably one of the least known offensive coordinators in this league but his creativity his play designs what he's doing with joshua dobbs i give him a ton of credit for that competitive tough smart prepared what else do you want this isn't a very talented team but they're executing at a very high level that's why i bumped them up
2: yeah um i love the Cardinals. I truly do. I love the way they're playing. They go to San Francisco this week. I fear it could get ugly, but whatever. They will always have their win over the Cowboys. And then you have the Bears, you know, the team that plays in your backyard as the worst team in football. We all agree. They are soon to they are soon to star in that brand new show, Worst Week Ever. <laughs> um, this is going to be a good week for us, Week Four for Eric at home. I'm Andrew Siciliano. This is the NFL Power Ranking Show. Everyone, enjoy the games this week.